Pablo for breakfast. People of the Pilbara. Hello and welcome to People of the Pilbara. Now this podcast series is all about you, the people of our town that make Karratha such a special place to live. And I think there's something really unique about people that come to a place maybe they've never heard of in the middle of a desert, apparently with nothing to do. But as we know, a lot of us come for a six-month to 12-month plan and end up staying a decade, like I did. (laughs) So throughout this podcast, we're going to have a chat to everyday people that call Karratha home and find out what they do here, what they love about Karratha, and what's next in their journey. And this week's guest is Eliza Carbines. Now, you may know her from her business, Tender Relief, or, of course, emceeing great events around town. We find out what led her to town back in 2009, her love of dance, and how she jumped into the world of being an MC. So without further ado, sit back, listen, grab yourself a cuppa, and enjoy my chat with Eliza and her journey to Corcoratha home. So, Eliza, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Pablo. How are you going? I'm good. Now, people would know you, obviously, from MCing, different events. They'd know you from your business. You won some awards uh, and were awarded some great contracts uh, the other year. Uh, but let's go back to, to what brought you to Karratha. So, you came here in 2009 from regional Victoria. How'd you end up in Karratha? Yeah, well, I came to Western Australia in 2009. I remember that because I took off out of Victoria not long after the 2008 grand final and we live and breathe Geelong <laughs> football club at home and we lost the 2008 right. grand final. So I was a bit depressed You're when like, I came I'm over. Out of here. I'm, I'm out. See, I packed my bags. So I'm, I'm gone. Um, 2020 has been a much better year for us, <laughs> yeah, I must true. say. Um, I won't talk about it. I might cry. <laughs> so I came in 2009 to WA, settled in Perth for about two years and and then I was offered a job in Karratha, ended up here in 2011, like most people do because an opportunity came up and mm. I was young. I think I must have been around 22 or 23 mm-hmm. at the time uh, with with my partner, uh, now husband. And we thought, well, what have we got to lose? He's a WA boy. He's got okay. a Southern Cross tattoo. He's, you know, the whole kit and caboodle. <laughs> so he, he had always wanted to work in the mines. Mm-hmm. And when you're a young fella, that's, you know... There's quite alluring. Mm-hmm. And so up we came. So first impressions of town, obviously, you, you turned up. It's pretty different to regional Victoria. What was the job you were doing as well? And those first impressions of town, what were they? Oh, I was working for a, a vehicle hire company. We did commercial vehicle hire. They're called Raw Hire. Many mm-hmm. people in town would know them. At the time, they were called McLaren Hire. Uh, so I was working there in their Caratha branch. I moved here at the end of September and it was starting to get warm or what I thought was warm at the time. (laughs) How cute that I thought that September in Karratha was warm. Um, It's not, (laughs) is it? But uh, my first impressions were that it was a little unfamiliar. I'm Mm. used to regional towns. I've grown up in country towns my whole life. The first city I ever lived in was Perth. Um, But it wasn't like any other regional town in Victoria I'd ever seen. Mm. And so it seemed a little unfamiliar. The plants were unfamiliar, the trees, the landscape, the industry, the money. Um, 
the businesses. It was I was thrust into this world that I wasn't. I didn't quite recognise in truth. I didn't hate it, but I didn't recognise it. And I mean, town has changed so much in that period of time, right? It's been like thirteen years. Yeah. The ratio of men and female. Like I remember when I first came to town, it was a very blokey town, right? It was. It was. And and you know you would have to be perhaps mindful of where you would go for dinner because sometimes it would get very rowdy. Yeah. And if you wanted an intimate dinner, then going to the, the you know going to the workers pub was not no. was not the place to go. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it was very I mean when I came here Pablo the the pool was still in the middle yeah. of town. Yeah. There was no leisureplex, you know, the reef wasn't there. Mm. Uh, there wasn't dual, dual carriage on the way out to the borough. So a lot of developments happened in the time that I've been here. So what's kept you here because you're no longer uh doing the initial career that you sort of started out with. You've started your own business. What's kept you here over you know, the last decade? Oh, so many things, but I reckon the Pilbara just gets in your blood a little <laughs> <Yeah>. bit. <laughs> it just gets under your skin. It's a beautiful place. Uh, in truth, the, the opportunity here, mm. if you want to build a career, I believe in, in a lot of different fields, you can move a lot faster here Mm -hmm. than what you might if you're in a really large metro centre. I think I was always destined to have quite a good corporate career, which I have had and I'm proud of, but I I probably got there about two years quicker than what I might have done had I been in a larger pond. Mm. And here you get access to ministers that come up to visit federal and state because this is such an important place for Australia and for our GDP. you wouldn't just happen across a minister walking down the streets of Melbourne. And if you did, they're certainly not stopping to chat <laughs> no. to you. It's different here. So you can you can kind of network and build a circle faster. At least that's what I found. And I think that that has really contributed to the opportunity that I've had as well professionally. Now, it's interesting because you're sort of split in two. And when I first met you, I was like, I think maybe you were emceeing or doing something sort of in in the public realm. And I thought you should be in media. Like, you're, you're, you're very charismatic, you're a firecracker, you're great on stage, you love being an MC. all the things that I hate doing up on stage, you love to do them, so it's great. Because <laughs> all those events that I get asked to MC, I go, get Eliza, she's way better than me. Way I do get a me. few of those calls. Pablo's told me to call you. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, that'd be right. <laughs> Where's my cut? Where's my yeah, cut? exactly. Yeah, yeah, no, I probably should give you a kickback. <laughs> but, I mean, so you, you've got this sort of split because you've got your, obviously, your business, which is Tender Relief, but then you've also got, you know, this sort of side love and, and, and passion. So how did you fall into doing MC stuff around town? You know, I I truly almost can't remember. Right. But uh, we, I think it was... Uh, I think it was a client of Raw Hires came to pick up a furniture removal truck one day and was sort of, you know, ruminating on this event that he was running and that he didn't have an MC. And and out of my mouth, from absolutely <laughs> nowhere, with no thought behind it, I said, I can MC. I never done it before in my life. Never so it was an absolute lie. And I and then I sort of the words fell in front of me and I looked at them and I went, Well, they're out there now. And he and he looked at me like he'd just found the welcome stranger like gold yeah. nugget. You know, he was like, This is amazing. And so then that was just a local little event. And from there I now I now chair the Pilbara Summit most years. Uh, in Perth and up here, uh, although I had COVID this year for it, so I missed it. Um, so I, I get to do some really significant events that are substantive and of consequence to the community. Mm. And I think that if you have an ability to do that and provide an environment that's well facilitated for development and growth of the economy and the people around you, then you should. 
Um, but it's not all selfless. I do genuinely love it. Um, I, I've danced for 14 years when I was younger. Oh. And so that stage presence is something. I credit my mum and dad to actually getting me on stage when I was really little okay. to my ability to do that now. And I, I just genuinely really, I like people. I think people are inherently good and it's nice to be in front of them and to talk to them and to host something. It's funny because uh, speaking, and I'm sure you've heard this as well, you know, is people are, are more fearful of the like doing the eulogy than dying, right? Yes. It's like the number one fear is public speaking. That's a real, that's a real thing. Yeah. yeah. And it, it's so interesting that like you don't have that background as like media or anything, but like you, you love it. And people always say like, you're one of the, the best MCs. And I know you've done oh. the, the business awards the last couple of years. Yeah. Uh, Six years, the, those ones. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. Uh, I did it for a couple of years and then you got never asked again. So obviously, <laughs> obviously did something wrong. Uh, but also like you, you've been on stage uh, with Ida Buttrose. Ida Buttrose, Magda Gibbs. Vansky. That's right. Yeah, you've had some yeah. great moments. I've had some great moments. Ministers, you know, several ministers, more than I can count. Mm. Um, some really big corporate people from the shiny end of town uh, who who are significant in their realms. You know, they also sit in rooms with um, you know, with with the prime minister, and mm-hmm. so uh, that was you know, that's always a bit of a feather in the cap. I do love it. Mm. Yeah, it's it's a great thing. Very different to the corporate world. And the sort of left hemisphere stuff of my brain that I do day to day to earn a crust. Yeah. Um, so it's a nice balance. Well, that's what I was going to ask. It's very different to, to what you do, your nine to five. So tender relief for people that maybe don't know uh, what you do. Obviously, the name kind of gives it away a little bit. Tender. Mm. Uh, you're helping businesses write their tenders? Is, is yeah, we help businesses uh get ready for tenders, mm-hmm. write them, strategically position, and then negotiate them afterwards if they want to. So essentially we're helping organisations win contracts. Now, how did you fall into that? You've gone from car hire yeah. and uh, rental car hire to this. So how did, how, did, where, how did that transition? I guess when I was doing the car hire, it was it was in that business development space for a good portion of it. So mm. we were coming up with agreements for, you know, uh, at the time they were building the Pluto gas plant, train one, and they're, they're now putting a shovel in the ground for train two. Mm. And, you know, we would have organisations that would need 40 or 50 vehicles for three years. And so it wasn't sort of your standard roll up to Hertz, get a car right, because you're yeah. on holiday. It's commercial hire. And that just sort of organically moved into an understanding of commercial contracts, a bit of a knack for uh, writing bids and understanding the strategy that sits mm-hmm. behind it. And I uh, I just, I got tapped on the shoulder by a, a big French multinational that needed somebody to help run their Australasia bid team. And I, you know, I think I might have been, Pablo, perhaps 26 at the time. And they said, can you can, can you write sort of $500 million bids? And, I, and I, of course, I said, yeah. Yeah, of course I yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, who can't? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll figure it out. I figured out the MC thing. Yeah. Uh, so and then, and then I did that. And it sort of just evolved. But I, I guess for me, running my own business now, just to s- close that loop nicely, is that what I realised is the skill that it takes to – write a $500 million bid or a billion dollar bid, um, which were normal for us inside that multinational Mm. space. All the skills that you require to do that are scalable and required at any level. And businesses, particularly in the Pilbara, that are smaller businesses, small to medium enterprises, are still very reliant on being able to win contracts Mm. to secure a pipeline of revenue for their organisations. Nobody's walking into the local earthworks company and saying, hey, can you build 50 kilometres of road for us? You still need to tender. And when you do, you're up against the the big companies, but they can't afford resources permanently. They maybe don't need 
human resources mm-hmm. that do what I do inside their businesses all the time. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, well, my family comes from a small business background. I watched my parents struggle to run their business often without the support that they needed because they couldn't afford it. And I thought, you know, I've got a skill here and I can maybe create something that the smaller businesses can use. As it turns out, we also attract the attention of several large corporates and we do bids for big companies too. Mm -hmm. But that wasn't by design. That just was almost by accident. Mm. Uh, But what, what we really get the most out of is when our client, it happened just last week, one of our clients will call and say, we just want a bid. And, you know, it could be the difference between keeping keeping their staff member or not, or where their kids might go to school the next yeah. year. And um, it's quite emotional. It really matters. Well, uh, I guess you've got a good insight of a lot of local businesses in town. So if there's something, it doesn't have to be in that space, but something that you could change in town, uh, in Caratha, if we gave you the, the almighty power one day, what would it be? Oof, what a, what a big question. I think that a lot is already, I'm, I'm going to take this in a totally different direction, mm. and I think a lot is already happening around diversification of industry and the awareness of diversification of industry. Mm. I know that Newman, Port Hedland are still sort of tarred with this brush of you're a mining town. And I think Carrather has moved in my time here quite far away from that brand, mm-hmm. but probably not far enough to really be immune to the aggressive peaks and troughs that we see through the um you know, economic turbulence that mining brings. So I I would like for Caratha and the towns of the Pilbara to be able to sort of stand on their own two feet, be less beholden to, I mean, what are rents like at the moment? What are housing prices like at the moment? I I, I hate to sound like a broken record because I feel like we've had a version of this conversation in Mm. the community for decades it's impossible to fly here for many families to visit their loved ones Mm. and vice versa the other way. I think that a recognition that we should be treated no different to how Cairns or Townsville or, you know, the Sunshine Coast is treated Mm -hmm. is really important because you can get in and out of there from Melbourne for about $99 Mm -hmm. on a flight. Yeah. Um, We'd all trip over ourselves if that was the case. (laughs) Could you imagine? (laughs) Wild. (laughs) So I think accessibility, I've sort of, I've sort of tripped over that question a little, Pablo, because I have a bit to say about it, but I think that accessibility and that continued development of life outside of mining is really important for the town. Now, what is something that people don't know about you, yeah, they they know you, you do tender relief. They know yeah. you're an MC. Mm-hmm. We now know you were a dancer. Uh, <laughs> is there something else like another feather in your hat? Well, actually, you've just touched on one, and I I'm sort of hesitant to say it after saying that I'm on stage as hosting a bit, but I can tap dance. Oh, okay. Yeah, I actually won a little award for tap dancing, <laughs> so I was quite good at it when I was younger. I can't sing, okay. um, but I am quite good at tap dancing. And every now and then, when I'm standing at the you know at the base and doing the dishes, or you know just mooching around the house I'll find my feet doing something obviously without tap shoes on that would be absurd that's too deliberate (laughs) oh how did these things get on my feet oh funny that um and I'll find my feet sort of doing a little movement that I remember from when I was younger have have you ever been caught out at the local pub tap dancing dancing? if I have I probably wouldn't remember because I'd say that'd be after a fair few sherbets (laughs) so what do you love most about Caratha? Oh, it, the, it is just an absolute melting pot 
of interesting people and industries. I think it's so alluring that you can have this gorgeous intersect between small community vibes. Mm -hmm. You know people when you go down the street. I don't think I've ever been in my front yard where somebody hasn't driven past, tooted and waved (laughs) because it's just like that here and I love that about it. But also it has this big end of town with billions of dollars in, you know, um, export trade getting punched out of our ports every year and the sort of professions and conferences and people that attracts. I find that I find that a lovely little intersect mm. of um, two different things that I like the most because usually if you want that big business vibe, you end up in a large city. Yeah. But that's not the case here and the landscape as well. I think one of my favourite... good mix, don't we? Oh, we do. Yeah. yeah, we do. And one of my favourite times of day, I think Pablo is... I was on my way to Port Hedland the other day. It was about 5.30 in the morning. And it's just that fresh, mm. b- before the day starts feeling, but there's not a cloud in the sky. It's bright, but it's early. And this massive swarm of... Um, uh, this flock of native budgies went in front of me, th- those green ones. Mm. And the light just caught them. And it felt like time stopped for a little. It, it didn't for long, thankfully, because I was doing about 110 down the <laughs> freeway. <laughs> <laughs> I was probably doing about 115. <laughs> had to get to Port Hedland. I hadn't had a coffee yet, so I had my eye on the game. Um, and I just, I just had this real moment of like, God, what a, what a unique place we live. You know, mm. what a beautiful environment. And it's rugged, but it's stunning. And I, I do love that. Now you've been running your own business for for quite a number of years now. But uh, what's next for you? Oh, I, yeah. Well, you know what? You're not the first person to say that I uh, that I should get into media. So I, I feel like I I do a lot of gardening, and so I might. Um, I reckon I got Gardening Australia in my sights. I don't think they'd want me. <laughs> no, look, we're we're building a tech product that is sort of artificial intelligence. Um, which we're, we're attempting to code that to try to make tender responses more accessible and easier for smaller businesses that maybe can't afford consultants. Mm. So I'm sort of mooching around in that tech stuff up space myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I sit on a couple of boards. I really enjoy sitting on boards. I sit on the state government's small business development corporation board. And I, that really like tugs at the heartstrings as well. The work they do is very important and it's a privilege. So I'd like to continue doing that and, um, building my garden and that's probably about it I think maybe maybe might get another grand final in there at yeah. some point in time the mighty cats that's right <laughs> uh well thanks for for being so honest and uh sharing your journey here in Carrath appreciate you coming on the podcast oh always a pleasure thanks Pablo it's the podcast for Carrath the Pablo for breakfast podcast streaming now on the listener app